Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we're here with Dylan Taylor. Dylan Taylor, our first repeat guest in a little over 60-something episodes. Um, we, we love every guest that's been on the show, but we, we try our best to bring something new and different every time to the show. So we've never really had a repeat guest, Brian, but uh, Dylan's got a lot of new things going on, so we <laughs> think it's a, a pretty good time to, to bring him on. Our first episode with, with you, Dylan, was about your travels and, yeah. and everywhere you've been eating barbecue around the country. And so uh, now you're, you've launched your own sort of operations now that's hopefully going to lead to a restaurant in the future. Yeah. But we'll, uh, we'll get into a little bit about what you're doing now and what you've got coming up. Yeah, so um, I recently started um, a little thing called Taylor Barbecue Catering. Um, so I'm doing a lot of catering. Um, I'm also teaching uh, like one-on-one barbecue classes. And then I'm also doing restaurant consulting. So all that money. I'm also working full-time um, at Terry Black's right now. Um, I just finished my stint at 2M Smokehouse with uh, SOL and Joe and Dusty and the gang. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, you know, I started getting busy with caterings and classes, so like, you know, commuting was becoming kind of like a, a hassle, I guess. So I uh, came back and uh, working at Terry Black's full time, and we're doing all the catering classes and consulting is like all the profits from that are just getting saved into like a business account, and then we're gonna use that to like bankroll a restaurant. So we don't, we have to go in with like minimal investment. You know, you, you've worked at a lot of restaurants, top 10, top 50 restaurants you've got a lot of experience there you know how pits work yeah you know the ins and the outs of pits which is great um and and now you're kind of moving into obviously wanting to get into the restaurant business Mm -hmm. but in the meantime you're doing this consulting and kind of uh, cooking classes which is which is pretty interesting tell us a little bit about that yeah um so the 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 cooking classes are actually a whole lot of fun um you know i usually do one or two people max people have asked if i can do like 10 to 20 at a time and i've turned that down just based on the fact that i really think that um like one-on-one classes are like a really good way to really like immerse yourself and learn so i guess kind of like the whole rundown of the class i'll cook a brisket the day before um and i have like a little mini alto sham in the kitchen um and i'll rest it overnight in there um and then the guys will get here around like eight or nine in the morning. Um, we will, you know, get the fire going on the smoker. We'll, I will get a brisket and then I will trim it and then kind of walk them. They get their own brisket as well. And then they'll trim it um, and then season it. We'll each take turns seasoning. I'll kind of walk them through that whole process. Then we'll throw it on the smoker. And then basically I walk them through the entire process of cooking a brisket front to back, you know, fire management. And also, I mean, you can add on meats too. You got, you know, you can, you know, pork ribs, pulled pork. Um, beef ribs, sausage, turkey, like anything you want, like to add on, because all that stuff fits in the time frame of cooking a brisket and and making the sausage itself as yeah, well. We, yeah, uh, so we're, we're, we're not just talking about heating up. Some, oh no, some we're like talking sausage. about like I, you know, bust out that stuffer over there, um, and then uh, sorry, the guests can't see the stuffer. But, you know what I mean? there's a nice <laughs> but there's one there. Orange, trust. There's us. a nice yeah, little yeah. orange Weston uh, five pound stuffer over there. Um, yeah, so you can uh, we you know we like take our brisket scraps, you know you know, grind it up season. I give them like a nice like hot gut, like not hot gut, but like, yeah, no, it is a hot gut. Not like the La Barbecue hot gut, but like a, like a German Czech classic beef sausage hot gut. Um, like a really nice basic, uh, good foundation recipe to take home and expand upon that. You know, it just hits like, you know, it's like salt, pepper, 
fresh garlic, you know, mustard powder, mustard seeds, and then like the proper like fat to salt to, you know, cure ratios and all that. Like they learn everything about how to make like a good sausage. Um, excellent. And, and I, yeah. and you know, to your point earlier too, about, you know, end to end from trimming all the way through cooking, I, I think that's pretty unique. I'm not aware of any other classes right. where I mean, you go yeah. that entire distance from yeah. beginning to end. Right. I mean, we, we've, we've, we've attended classes in the past. We've seen classes and heard about different classes going on and, and yeah. everyone has their different ways of teaching and different ways of learning. For sure. Um, but this is the most immersive class that, that we've heard of as far as you get to see everything that, that happens from, from, like you said, from trim to season yeah. to smoke to rest and cut. Um, and flavor as well. Um, so as far as options for for the consumer, if they if yeah. they take the class, um, are sides an option? Um, actually, no. I haven't really done sides yeah. as an option. But like you know, we talk about like I mean, we have ten hours to twelve hours to hang out with each other. So I mean, we do talk about sides and like um, like you see that there's like I have like a, I give them like a composition book and we go through yeah. the, the whole cooking chart thing that I have you know like we were talking about in our last episode. Um, and uh, yeah like I give them that and then I write down like the sausage recipe for them like tips and tricks to not forget when they get back home and then you know if, like if they want to talk about sides of course I'm not going to be like no we're not doing sides you didn't pay for that like oh, we're going to talk about sides you know um, and also like you know I, I have them like take as much video pictures as they want because like we're learning so much in one day that when they get back home and get into their environment like they're going to forget stuff and so like I say you know take videos like here's my number for when you get back home like text me as you're cooking and like We'll work it out and like also like you know hopefully they already have like a smoker which everybody has so far so like and i've been lucky enough to cook on a lot all sorts of shapes and sizes of smokers and so i can usually get people a very accurate um like cooking format i guess to take back home and apply it to their smoker because a lot of the guys are usually cooking on like a small backyard smoker or like a two 250 and so i've cooked on all those you know and then like one of the guys actually he was um on his way back with a moberg some guy from California. So I was like, oh, that's easy. Like, you can already, you know. Shout out to Michael Lee. Yep. Yeah, Mike. Hey, Michael. We know Mike. Barbecue Mike, dude. Yeah. I love Mike, man. Yeah, he is Mike's so a great cool. guy. We met Mike at uh, Camp Brisket. Oh, really? This yeah. beginning okay, yeah. of this year. Dude, Mike is so awesome, man. He is a, as you guys know, when I worked at Uchi and everything, mm -hmm. and, like, I had I had an affection for, like, Japanese culture. And he's actually friends with, um, uh, have you guys heard of Japanese knife imports? Mm -hmm. Like, that big uh, Japanese knife distributor in L.A., so he's that's actually one of his like dear friends, and oh, uh, nice. so we were talking all about that. You know, I'd been a fan of his since I was like, I don't know, like nineteen, working in the kitchen at Uchi. <laughs> wow. and, like we were talking about, you know, sushi and all this cool stuff, as well as barbecue. That's and, like, one of was, those small world time. things where there's a yeah, connection man, everywhere. Dude, yeah. I have met so many cool people so far, like from like just these barbecue classes. You know, that's like, awesome. People have like the craziest, like coolest jobs, and they all come from like all walks of life, which has been one of my favorite parts about teaching is getting to hang out with like different people. Yeah, like, I mean, just following on Instagram, people. we've seen like, oh, thanks for coming from this state or that state. Mm -hmm. And you've had people coming from, from all over to, and it's nice because I guess they can tie it into a whole barbecue trip to yeah. Texas if they want to. Oh yeah, man, a lot of guys will like fly in like a couple days early and like go eat barbecue. Eat around, yeah. And then some, you know, sometimes they'll like, go afterwards or, I mean, there's been a couple, there's one guy that came from Houston, um, Adam, he, uh, he just came in and out because I mean he lives in Houston, so we can drive. But um, yeah, a lot of the guys that fly in, they make a big like weekend of it. So it's actually really cool. Yeah, well, I think it's I like met one of your students when we were at Mickleweight that day. Oh yeah, Tarek. Um, yeah, so so yeah, it's, cool. it's yeah, a we neat thing. Out barbecue after like. Yeah, if if you're in town and and this is a great opportunity to learn about Texas barbecue from someone that's been fully immersed in it for years now, um, and it's a good opportunity for you to get to go around and taste some barbecue all around Austin and the surrounding areas, and then yeah, you, know, you can you take a cooking class with Dylan and learn. 
the ins and outs of how you got that final yeah. product that you enjoyed at all the barbecue places, how it came to be. Exactly. Come, come, hang, out in my, in, come hang out in my backyard, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, seriously. Literally. Now, tell us, I mean, you mentioned about, um, you know, cooking on different smokers and, and 500s versus 250s versus backyards. Mm-hmm. From a cooking perspective, what, what is really different, in your opinion, from a 500 versus a, a small backyard bit? Um, well, first and foremost, the temperature range that you have to cook, and you have to cook a lot lower on a smaller smoker, of course, because your fire is a lot closer to your meat. And on top of that, if you think about like the diameter of something, like a 500-gallon tank has a huge like inside volume for cooking compared to like a backyard smoker. So if you imagine like 275 and like this big tube, and take that and put it in a small tube, that heat is gonna be way more concentrated and way more intense like in a smaller concentrated tube. So you have to kind of like take your temperature down a lot. Um, the second thing that's I think might be more important than the first thing is like fire management. It is way easier to manage a fire on a 500 gallon tank with a little bit bigger wood. Um, and my you know my pit out there is insulated, so you know it can hold pretty consistent temperature for a long amount of time. Um, you know I'm talking like I could you know put like make a good fire that burns like nice for like 30 minutes maybe and then like come back and do something, as opposed to like a 250 you have to be out there or not 250 like a backyard smoker you have to be out there for. Mm, every 10 minutes you have to like play with the fire and i mean like, we've we've had that that oh, yes. problem you yeah. know when, when you're using the same size split on a backyard pit that you're trying to use in a 500 yeah that that temperature spike and the spike, oh, temperature drop yeah. is just so much more i remember i would get like big wood like just like regular size like post oak like logs and uh you know i'd like like have to split them you know and then like i'd go to like terry black's like if the construction guys were like doing a project there i would like borrow their their miter saw or like their <laughs> arm whatever that saw is called um, and I would like saw the wood down to like perfect like little chunks and like that's how I would have to like you know make wood to cook properly on that thing for that one that's, brisket that's that what doing. we've we've played you know? with is is taking those splits and splitting them one more time yeah for the for almost the like they're like just still long and, like pizza oven you know like the, the pizza oven like what are they like it's like very small like like something like that is like perfect and then cut that in half and then you have like the right like length to fit into that smaller firebox so you've been doing these classes for few months now yeah um had some people coming from all over what are some of the common things that you've heard as far as questions people have or things they want to learn um so i guess most of the guys like have little experience with barbecue like they have a pit and like you know whether they're thinking about doing barbecue for like a living or like some sort of like pop-up on the weekend kind of deal they really just want to get like a good bearing and a lot of guys, like, you know, they've, they've cooked a lot of brisket as well, and they're like, oh, you know, like, I'm just kind of missing this thing. I don't know quite how to, like, get this or, like, get this. Like, I don't know how it's, like, how, it, like, the texture of everything. Like, I don't have, like, my feel or instinct down. And so I think that's been, like, the main thing is, like, getting them just, like, to kind of know their way around, like, an entire brisket cook and, like, the importance of, like, the time. If you, like, if you like wrapping your briskets, like, the right time to do that and the right time to pull. Um, I think those have been, like, where I've seen people's, like, brains just kind of, like, light up. Like, the light bulb goes off. And they're like, oh, okay, cool, I get this now. It's like, oh, that's how it's supposed to feel. Like, oh, like, this is a great time. Like, this is what I've been, like, missing. What do you think the most common mistake is people coming in? Is it just not knowing when it's done, or is it actually during the cook? I don't know. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Like, when I see, like, not just with students, but, I mean, I guess students and, like, other people alike, too. Like, um, you know, they just, I guess it's, like, the temperature, like, they're cooking too hot or too low like running in, in inconsistent fire and like I think a lot of people like wrap too early 
is a thing. I like. I mean, there's no such thing as like too early or too late. But for me, I like wrapping later. You know. Well, and, and you you before we recorded, you were talking about you know, temperature adjusting throughout the cook. Yeah. There's a lot of people that talk about you know low and slow, and what they think is it's the same temperature from beginning to end. Exactly. And it seems like the I wouldn't say the trick, but the tip is really to adjust that flow throughout the cook. Yeah. I mean, I like I like starting off like faster, with like a fast draw, and then to kind of like set that rub on the brisket nicely or the porkers or whatever and then like kind of slow it off as the cook goes on because you got to like kind of slow that convection down if you imagine like the the transfer i mean cooking is a transfer of kinetic heat energy right so if you imagine like heat molecules like whipping in and out of a smoker really fast it's not going to have as much time to make an impact on the meat molecules and so to slow it down you have more time for heat to kind of like linger through a little slower and kind of like make more of an impact and like an efficient transfer of energy onto the meat and then you kind of start breaking it down and cooking it, you know. So, so, so like it's kind of like creating that, creating that bark and that outer. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate to use the word sear because that's so yeah. overused, but, but it's it's almost a bit of that outer layer, and then you're going to finish cooking more oven style for the rest of the cook. And, exactly. And kind of heat it up, which and is when, which when is something like, we still need to work on ourselves. But yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, if you guys want to take a class, no, I'm just <laughs> y'all can just come hang out with me in my backyard when I'm cooking. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. You know, and I say, like, make it more into an oven that's, like, for like, like towards, like, the latter end of the cook, you know? Because, I mean, you're still cooking something for 12 or 14 hours, so you want, like, a good amount of convection still coming in and out. You don't want any, like, stagnant smoke. You don't want anything to be, like, too smoky. Um, so, you know, like, finding a right balance. And, like, every day is different, you know? Every cooker's different. Every brisket's different. So it's all about, like, adjusting to the elements and the ever-changing variables of barbecue. But I think, like, once you have, like, your formula down and how once you have, like, your style and how you like to cook things then you be, can like master the elements that change every day because you know what you're looking for and when you're looking for it and you can adjust based on that if that makes sense do you do you find i mean you've you've had the luxury of working in a, a number of different places yeah do you find that process is fairly consistent or is it is there really a big variety um i mean there was definitely i have seen a lot of variety actually like you know going from like love barbecue to truth i mean you know we work together at truth and kind of like change things so i think our cooking styles kind of just inevitably joined and then like we kind of made our own thing um and then you know but like after that going to like bodacious and going to like 2m like there i've seen like all ends of the rainbow i've seen both ends of the rainbow you know what i mean like <laughs> there is there's so much cool like fun difference in barbecue and like that's one thing i love about it is like there's a million ways to get to the finish line and you can have a fairly similar product um, I mean that being said as well it's like everybody you can taste like if you had enough barbecue you can be like oh this definitely came from this or this looks like it came from this from this place um, there definitely some different rubs and, and barks and processes yeah and, well it's one thing that we've noticed as we've you know because I know we eat more barbecue than the average consumer is yeah. you do find those signatures where yeah. you can come, you can almost tell like I said blindfolded almost okay, this is a rib from this place, or this is a slice of fatty brisket from that yeah, place. I mean, right? you, you can kind of tell just how the bark has developed. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And I think we're like, oh, shit, I think we've eaten too much barbecue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's kind of goofy. Yeah. I remember there was, there was a buddy of ours that posted a picture of a rib and said, where is it from? Yeah. And you know, first person wins a T-shirt. And I didn't want to win the T-shirt, but I did want to get the question. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a corkscrew rib. I could tell because it's got foil underneath it, and I can see the little pepper yeah. seeds on it. And yeah. Da, 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 da. It's like, well, thanks a lot. So we'll just give the T-shirt to somebody else. But yeah. I I mean, if, if you eat and see as much of barbecue, I mean, there are there are definitely signatures, and it's oh, and those sure. signatures are developed by how they cook it, how they exactly. season it, and everything. You know, that and goes there, in it. and there is like you know, I mean, like I think the common medium in barbecue is cooking. You know, like we'll say just brisket for example, cooking brisket on an offset smoker or like a direct kind of heat smoker over like an open flame or like wood fire or some sort of combustion with wood. You know what I mean? Like, 
it you know one way or another it's getting cooked that way especially in central texas um for like i mean i guess for the most part you know so most most but, of your experience yeah. has been offset driven i mean have you what about rotisseries what are your feelings um i have never cooked on a rotisserie um i would love to one day i mean i don't like to knock anything until i try it or fully understand it i don't really knock anything in general i mean i always think like cooking it like on those bulies like that was so different for me but i still enjoyed it you know what i mean um just because it's different doesn't it mean just seems that the, the smoke flows so different you know? in something no, it like does. that it's crazy i think i mean i guess specifically at the like the bulies they were they're bulies but they're like roland's custom yeah those are one of a bulies. kind yeah, yeah. 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 Those we're, are, we're talking about the bulies like, at bodacious like, like yeah. yeah sorry yeah the bodacious on Moberly in in longview like the the bulies have like the heat consistency like and like heat like containment properties of like a bully but like the flow of like a wood-fired like barrel like offset smoker almost so it's kind of cool like cooking on that but anyways back to oilers or like rotisseries i guess which is uh, yeah i guess rotisseries i've never cooked on them if i had to i'd probably go with like a jnr or something like some kind of like wood-fired rotisserie as opposed to like an old hickory um i mean at cadillac barbecue in dallas we would finish our briskets on the on like the rotisserie which is pretty cool. After the wrap? After the wrap. Yeah. After, like, they don't need any more smoke, you know, like, you know, we put them in, like, in, like, we, like, fire it up with, like, with wood, um, and then, like, you know, like, let them finish off on that, which is actually pretty cool. And it, and um, it makes sense. I mean, you can, you yeah. can, I mean, after the wrap, you can finish in a damn alto sham if you want to. Oh, exactly, yeah. man. Like, I've, I've even thought about it. If I'm too tired, I'm like, I'm going to put it in my oven and see what happens. Yeah. I have yet to do that, but I promise you guys I will do that one day. <laughs> there you go. And, and it's a test we want to do. Yeah, I also want to do a, uh, one hundred percent oven cooked with tender quick, just so I can show oh people that God. you don't need wood to get a smoke ring, yeah. just because that's another thing that drives In, me invite crazy. Invite me to the party. I want to. I want to try it. <laughs> right. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> yeah. So go, going back to the classes, yeah. um, I know, like you said, you've had all different types of people as far as backyard cookers, people that may be looking to start their own pop up business or what have you. Yeah, for sure. What What's some of the advice you would give if someone's trying to transition from that backyard cook into a more large volume? Because cooking in high volume. It's obviously a totally different experience than cooking one brisket at your house once yeah. a month. Um, I think that once you have a really good foundation on cooking one good brisket, like the only thing you need to remember on cooking on an offset smoker like loaded up with like, sorry, a bigger offset smoker loaded up with a lot of brisket is that it definitely helps to rotate them like every like hour or so, like shift the back row to the front and then bring them all back row, vice versa, however you want to rotate them. Um, other than that, you know, it's just kind of like you just got to pay a little bit more attention because you're obviously cooking more meat. Um, expect like a longer cook time. Um, just because like the, all that heat energy is getting shared by more briskets, like so fat side up, fat side up, yeah, and and, and then, the point towards the fire, or yeah, point away from the fire. I like the point towards the fire. I think that the lean, if you were wrapped, you, the lean could probably handle it because it's in paper and there's that barrier to protect it from that initial like jaunt or like blast of heat. But you know, fatty and towards the fire. Um, I like foiling up my tips like pretty. Say, early I've up. seen some people foil foil the tips. So yeah, so I mean, tell us why and so yeah. heat obviously works its way inwards to the middle, right? So if you can imagine like a corner, like heat can attack all like almost like like all angles of that of that corner, right? So excuse me. Um, when you have a foil, like if you just notice like on that thinner end of the flat, there's a thicker side and a thinner side. And on that thinner side, you notice in the cook, like it starts to kind of curl up and then all that heat just kind of expo exposed to that corner. And you see it starts to get darker. And if you're not careful, it like will always usually kind of char up or burn. And so the foil doesn't 100% save that cut of meat, like or that piece of the lean in on the brisket, but it definitely helps it from like 
being completely inedible. And you're talking about a piece of foil, maybe a little bit bigger than your hand. Yeah, like a like nice, that. maybe like a four inch square. And you're not foil. wrapping the brisket, you're just wrapping that little I'm just corn. wrapping the yeah. tip. As soon as like, it starts to firm up and starts to curl, then I'll, I'll wrap it up and, and like just that little tip in foil. Um, While we're talking about things we've seen on Instagram, yeah. let's. Uh, <laughs> another thing that we've had people ask every time we see it the log that's in front of, you know, that's in the smoker. Oh, yeah. Right in front of the firebox. For sure. Why is that done? I mean, Turbulence. We, we know why it's done, but let's yeah. tell the audience um, why, why we do that. So if you imagine... Yeah, well, like, let's explain it first. So, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen it. So if you're looking at a standard offset pit, your firebox, let's just say, is on the left-hand side, and the first space of the rack space is a piece of wood, a log, instead of meat. Yeah. So um, on that first initial row of briskets, it is kind of to direct that heat around like the top of the point so it's like if you do it right the way i like to do it personally is have it like if you get like a nice pie shaped piece of wood um then i kind of have it like with like the like it's slant slanting up towards the towards the brisket and that way it kind of ramps that literally ramping the like literally up and over and it's kind of like I, i have the wood maybe like a half inch to an inch away from the front of the meat like almost touching just so it kind of protects that first initial row of briskets because the briskets behind it are blocked by the briskets in front of it so you don't really have to worry about those but like the initial like the first row it kind of helps direct the heat like over and even and, kind and of that, splits that's it kind well. of the, the whole concept you know when you're shaping meat instead of just trimming meat yeah race car you know you're you're looking for a kind of a consistent you want some turbulence but you want that airflow to come up and then just Coast just kind of yeah. cut cut right across the top exactly of them, right? it's yeah. all about like splitting heat from like the top and the bottom of the grates and um I think like you know getting a good amount of top heat to like render your fat and like cook it but also having enough bottom heat to like kind of cook the lean-in too because the lean-in is obviously it's like on the bottom of the brisket and the fatty and being more marbled obviously the collagen is going to break down before muscle does so like anything you can do to kind of keep that lean cooking with the fatty in um making that come out evenly like a good even split of top and bottom heat is a good way to kind of you know accomplish that and one of the many ways to accomplish that or like one of the many things required i think that's one of the trickier things we found is making sure that everything is cooked at the same you know having overcooked lean and undercooked fatty or vice versa yeah it, it's hard to get in that pocket to where everything is at that same consistency level yeah. and it's one of the things we've struggled with i think everyone's struggled with but Obviously, you teach more than just brisket. Um, we don't want to give away all your secrets because we want people yeah. to take the class. Oh, that's okay. But uh, <laughs> let, let's go through a couple other of the meats that you can learn from. Yeah. Pork ribs. What are what are some of the mistakes you've seen that people make with pork ribs? Because it um, seems like a fairly easy cut to cook, especially compared to brisket. I think that um, with pork ribs, one of the main things is that I think that a lot of people like will put too many ingredients in their rub on pork ribs. And I think that can be accomplished with brisket as well, but especially with pork ribs, you know, have a shorter cook time and you're not really trying to like accomplish, in my opinion, I don't want to get like a brisket bark on my pork ribs. I like a nice red mahogany colored rib, right? And so I think that um, having too many ingredients in the rib rub um, really kind of makes this weird pasty splotchy color on top of the ribs and it, it appearance like wise isn't as good i think another thing is either overcooking or undercooking them a lot of people will like either go like way one way or like way the other way um and then you know also just i guess like over smoking them sometimes they come out dry you know it's like i don't know there's you're, like a lot you're, of, you wrap your ribs yeah i wrap yeah. them 
I like to do kind in of like foil, a, but not butcher paper or in foil. Yeah, no, no butcher paper. Um, I've seen people cook like wrap in butcher paper, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, I'm sure it works, but I like foil like, a little bit better. But I only wrap them for like maybe like an hour, hour like and a half, not too too long. Because do, do you finish them wrapped open? I finish them wrapped. wrapped. Um, I've been kind of playing with it still, um, but I like my favorite thing is like I'll like you know get them nice and like red and like get a good color and then you know wrap them with a little bit of sauce um one thing i liked at 2m though i think those guys have some of my favorite ribs out right now is that they have like more of like a syrupy glaze and they don't wrap the ribs at all and they'll hit them pretty hot with the glaze and that glaze kind of like caramelizes on there so you get this nice like central texas sticky rib in a way and i really enjoy that like texture from like that kind of like that pellicle that forms on top with that nice sticky glaze so that's another thing too. There's, it's like I, I, I guess it depends on what I had for breakfast that day. It depends on like how I like my ribs, you know, because like I love the more saucy ribs. I love like a more barky, like you know, jerky like unwrapped rib with a nice glaze on it, you know. Um, but yeah, right now I've been cooking more with like a little bit of sauce in the floor for like the last hour, or hour and a half of the cook. Um, yeah, and I think another thing too, like ribs are like a lot easier to cook I think than brisket because it's more like visual cues. Um, and it's like a lot shorter of a cook time but I think the harder part is like finding a glaze that you like you know and I have had like really good just like salt and pepper ribs like at Christ I've had some of the best ribs of my life there just like eating a super simple properly done a lot of times rib, people go too sweet yeah um, a lot and of, that, that's you know yeah, overkill I, it yeah I, I, and I like I mean some of our favorite ones I mean Friedman's and, and Styles with the jelly yeah jalapeno oh, yeah. jelly and we've done our own version of that but it's easy to go overboard with that, like you said, and then you yeah. ch- you're trying to change the whole flavor of the product at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, and then like you know, you just you're not tasting any pork or anything, and yeah. Yeah, you're tasting what you put on top of the pork exactly. at that point. All right, now you might be in another, what are you, you so, be so state at that point. Spares, St. Louis, baby backs. What are your? I favorite? like spares. Actually, I've been messing around with some baby backs as well because I like after uh, hanging out at Bodacious on Marley, <laughs> I like I was like they have some of the best baby. My, backs. Yeah, my opinion on baby backs was yeah. forever. Changed. Blue Moon, Opie's. And okay. I still need to get backs. out the Blue Moon. I've never been, but I've seen a lot of good things. Good baby we, we, we backs out there. Yeah. back and forth a couple times. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, Matt, guys. Rick, and and Tony. Yeah, great, like a, like great, great, great gang out there, man. There's there seem like a lot of good people. Um, but yeah, man, uh, baby backs are also super super fun because I don't I haven't been putting any sauce on them at all. I've just been putting like a lot of like brown sugar and like salt and pepper on them. Not actually, no, I haven't put pepper on them. Just salt and like brown sugar, maybe like some cayenne or paprika. <laughs> For color, yeah, baby backs seem to do better with a, a saucy glaze, a little bit thicker glaze sometimes. Yeah, okay, I might mess around yeah. with some sauce in there. I was like, I like keep applying like sugar on there, and they get like they kind of like it kind of dissolves into the meat and then kind of like caramelizes at the end. So you almost get like this slight like caramelized like brulee type crunch yeah. on them. Baby backs are great, and you can yeah. eat a rack of them without even thinking about oh, it. No, <laughs> I, like, when I was at Bodacious, I kept like just cutting off ribs, and like if we'd get slow, I'd go back and like eat a couple ribs, <laughs> talk to Roland for a while. With a, yeah, with like a rip. <laughs> ribs in my hand rolling like, hey you can go get me a baby back i need to try one I'm like, all right cool i'm gonna get one for myself too if that's all right and then i would always just look for excuses to eat the baby backs and the brisket actually i was eating a lot of hot links too because i was like I hadn't, I hadn't really been out to east texas too much so like the hot link was like a, a new enjoyable thing for me as well so obviously you know, the classes are going well yeah catering's also seems to be picking up for you yeah for sure what what are some other if, if someone's looking into some catering around the austin area or i'm sure you're willing to travel yeah. with the catering job is big enough um, sure. what, are, what are some of the options that you provide for catering um, basically like a full barbecue menu um, and people like ask if I can like slice on site and I always say like you know I'm gonna do that anyways because <laughs> that's like the best way for quality you know I don't want to slice it up like we rent out like the commissary kitchen to prepare for our caterings classes get done at the house but 
caterings are done, we rent out a commissary and do that. So it's like I'm not going to slice it up at the commissary and then like truck it over to you guys. Like it's just going to be like you're going to you guys have wasted your money at that point. You might as well have got pizza or something. So um, you know like the full barbecue menu, like brisket, ribs, sausage, turkey if you want it. Um, you know we'll smoke seitan. Um, or like try to find some vegetarian dish or vegan dish if somebody like wants that um and then you know so we got that and then all the sides you know potato salad uh pinto beans and coleslaw we had cream corn on the menu at first and then we realized how messy that was to travel with and so we kind of took it off and we're going to kind of save it more for whenever our restaurant is open um Beans can also be tough to travel. Yeah, with. beans. I think I don't know why. I think they're like a little bit easier. I think that's just because I know that like beans are more of like a central Texas like staple on the menu, like pinto beans. Yeah, you kind of have to yeah. have them. Yeah. Just, so maybe I just we, kind we've of spilled, the messiness. We've spilled more than our share. Oh, beans. Man, it has been. It has been. Yeah, it's super messy, man. They are hard to travel with, and we just like load them up in the little Cambro, um, and then like just saran wrap the living hell out of everything, and like make sure it can't spill. Because one time we spilled. Um, we were doing a friend's wedding and we just like kind of half-assed wrapped a, <laughs> a bus tub of cream corn oh, in no. saran wrap and this is before I had my truck so we put it in the back of Lane's car and um, I took my car Lane took his car and then Lane like hit the brakes and like cream corn <laughs> spilled all over the back of his Someone car. Someone needs to give you and Lane a reality barbecue oh, we, show. I think we, we've always been talking about it ever since high school we've been like we need a show of some sort because we're just like I don't know we get into all these like crazy situations all the time. But um, yeah, man. But, I mean, as far as caterings go, yeah. too, it's food, food channel, um, tra- travel channel, uh, yeah. cooking channel, cooking channel. Yeah, here you go, right you know, here. We got, we got Dylan Taylor, Vice, you know, whatever, munchies. <laughs> we'll, we'll be on anything, man. <laughs> Just take us in, please. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really cool with caterings too, because like you'll do one, and then we've you know made business cards, and like we'll hand like you know have them just out on the table, and people will pick them up, and then like with one gig comes like two or three more gigs, and then you know like because like we do a lot of like office lunches, and we've done a couple of like graduation parties a couple of weddings um surprisingly more like office lunches than anything say, else, is there, is is there a size minimum order large order yeah i mean we, we'll probably do like if it's for like 25 people we'd be like you guys are just you should just order pizza like you're like it's gonna be i mean we're gonna cook like two because you're talking like you said I mean, yeah. you're gonna be on site slicing and that, that exactly that's a big deal so like usually we do like 50 to 75 people minimum and we can probably feed up to like 300 people with our 500 gallon right now um, so we've done, yeah, I think usually like offices will hit us up and like, yeah, can you do like 40, 50 people, maybe like 75? Like, yeah, for sure. So that's usually pretty easy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's like the minimum there. Cause I mean, otherwise it's just kind of like a waste of time. Like, you know, you're wasting wood to cook one brisket on a smoker. Right. Yeah. It's just like, we're not going to do that. You mean, you might as well just go to like a barbecue restaurant and, you know, get an order of meat or something. Now, when we have a, when we have like our actual brick and mortar, of course, we'll accept caterings or pre-orders of any shapes and size because we just have a big batch of meat that's been cooked for the day and we're going to, you know, get rid of that in so, any so, shape or form. So brick and mortar. Yeah. And I, I, we're we're planning on it. Yeah. Um, we have been looking at uh, Dallas, very heavily in Dallas. We're sorry. Um, yeah, I know. I, no, I, I like Dallas, man. I think but, I think but Dallas gets a bad lot of, rap. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity up. in Dallas. Yeah, right. we're from Houston, so we naturally we just, we just have to say it. it I know. Comes right? out I, time, I feel so. you. My cousins are my cousins are from from Friendswood, so they they say the same thing about Dallas. <laughs> but um, I think Dallas, exactly, like especially like the city is like it's growing a lot. There's a lot of cool food coming there. There's like you know there's a couple of like really good barbecue restaurants there. But, you know, there's a lot of people in Dallas, so there's always room for more. Well, it's, it's so big. I mean, yeah. it's just like Houston. I mean, you know, the big news in Houston is is Cooper's is coming to Katy. Oh, wow. And, okay, um, yeah. and so, and, and that's been a huge, I mean, there's a few places out there, but yeah. it was kind of an underserved, pr- pretty big underserved area. For sure. 
and I, I think it's the same thing with Dallas. I mean, I'm not knocking anybody. I, I like Hutchins. I like Heim. I mean, there's plenty of places out there. Beyond that, some new places we haven't right. been but, to but yet. But it's a huge market that I definitely think can yeah. can easily accommodate more good barbecue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, there's, um, there's and, not and one we've been on dying to get back up there anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're just gonna give us yet another reason to have to come up there. So. Oh yeah, well, you, you guys can you guys can stay at our house if you want to. We, we can all sleep at the restaurant while we're cooking. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll roll extra cots for you guys. <laughs> there we go. Y'all can have the the full extended stay. That's it. Uh, but yeah, so we were thinking about Dallas, and then we're also thinking about maybe Bastrop actually, because I mean. You know, we're you know Austin is growing so freaking fast that like it's a lot of people are moving eastward, um, and we've seen a lot of growth in that area. So you know, we were thinking about maybe Bastrop, going to a small town, kind of starting up, seeing how that goes. So we're looking at buildings in both spots. I guess whatever we can find that works best. In both. And there's a big resurgence in in small town barbecue. I mean, it's it's yeah. obviously bar, small town barbecue has been around forever with meat markets, but. It seems like that's kind of the new thing, especially for you young kids that want to get out of the big smoke and yeah. kind of get out there in, in this area. Brian just turned 50, so he's going to, he's <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. you young kids, everybody. Happy belated yes. birthday, by yeah, the yeah. way. Thank you. Thank you. I am very old. Um, so uh, there's barbecue joints that are older than me, though. Um, luckily. Thank goodness. But it, it seems like small town is a good opportunity as well. I mean, yeah. you, you know, Truth was one of the ones that, that popped up and, and again they weren't the only place in Brenham when they opened but um, you see that and, and obviously Tom Micklewaite in Smithville and it, it's pretty exciting to see kind of that resurgence so you know if, if it's not Dallas then you know definitely yeah. some of those small towns would be a lot of fun exactly um, I think I agree I think we might be able to be a little bit busier off the bat in Dallas because obviously there's more people there more population um, but you know I don't think bad Bastrop is like a bad second option well, hell, the places like that are basically suburbs of Austin now, anyway. Yeah, right. It's like it's yeah. what it's like twenty, thirty minutes away from. Yeah, here I mean, my brother, my brother yeah. lives in Elgin, and I, I, I live in Austin. Grew up in Austin, don't live there anymore. But, yeah. but I mean, Elgin is now totally a suburb of Austin. Oh, I mean, it is. People man. are driving in. I'm seeing all these big giant communities coming up, and and so it, it just it just keeps going, and people want to get yeah. out, you know, get out I mean, from the city. Yeah, it's it's getting busier and busier, man. I mean, like we live on the east side, you know, and. That back in the day was a place you wouldn't want to come to unless you're yeah, trying to find Yeah, I, I came to the east side or once or twice. Yeah, well, once or twice back in those days, yeah. and uh, it was every time we come, I, I tell Andrew, I'm like, this is not the neighborhood that we ever wanted to be in. But yeah, but it's it's completely changed. Oh, it's, and my brother-in-law has two two houses out here, and it's it's just yeah. amazing what's happening. Or 180, sorry, not 360. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want a 360. Yeah, you want a 360. Yeah. That's a full circle. I mean, a 180. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, dude, like, I mean, I've seen like like condos popping up on every single block and this is like within the last like two or three years yeah. even you yeah know, houston it's, it's happening it's it's been happening in the heights for years and yeah oh yeah and we've seen sure. it now and and you know it, it's kind of weird you think you know 10 years from now what's it going to be like and so as you're as you're building and this kind of circles back to brick and mortar right as you're looking yeah. for a place to settle down and pick you want to get a place that's that's growing yeah exactly um, and that you're not going to get locked into and, and i'll give grant pinkerton a, a shout out for his location i think it was is wonderful where they're at and and what leonard is is doing up in the heights but but it's just That's that area right. i mean they're they're getting really well positioned for a place that five ten years down the road is going to be in an outstanding area of town oh for sure i agree man and you know like you gotta think about like long-term yeah. growth you know like 10 years is 10 years but i mean if you want to have a good restaurant like 10 years might not be that long you know if you want to have like, get, a good living it goes like, quicker than you think exactly I mean, for yeah. you not for yeah. me well no but, yeah. i mean <laughs> for anybody like it, it 10 years is like a long time but like on the restaurant scale like that might not be that long you know yeah i yeah. want to be around for a long time i want to make an establishment where people come have a really good 
fun time and also have like a very authentic, you know, Central Texas barbecue experience, whether that be with like the ambiance of the restaurant, the food they're getting, you know, coming to be able to check out the smokers out back and like talk to everybody. Like, I, like I'm all about, on top of having good food, I'm about like making, you know, having, making a fun time with people and being able to share a good experience with people. Experience that's what I'm all about. Hanging out yeah. and, and exactly, having a good man. time like, all day. Yeah. That's what I love about the classes too. Is like I get to hang out with somebody for like 10 hours. 12 hours a day and we get to talking and we get to know each other pretty well and like you learn a lot of cool stories from people like where they've come from what jobs they do and like it just that's like the biggest thing for me for food is community you know and like that's what it's all about for me on top of being able to cook some pretty badass barbecue which is it's, it's fun learning the science and like the technique and all that but like on top of everything else you know at the end of the day it's about bringing people together and making a good community for everybody to come right. hang out. So, all right so if somebody wants to get a hold of you um, again you're doing these classes one-on-one you're yeah. going to learn from beginning to end, and you can do brisket. You can add meats to it as well. Um, house-made sausage, literally and figuratively, if you want to get there. Um, and so, and catering as well. How do they get a hold of you? Um, yeah, so just go to, we have a website. Um, it's taylorbbqcatering.com. Um, you can, you know, find our email access on there as well. Um, email us. Or, you know, you can, you know, there's like the catering menus on there. Um, a little bit about the classes. And then yeah, just go to the website taylorbbqcatering.com. There you go. So yeah, if you, if you want if you want some catering from Dylan Taylor and his crew, uh, if you want to learn from Dylan, um, that's where you need to go. We highly recommend it. We've learned a lot. Just our conversations with Dylan have improved our processes. Oh so, my gosh. You know, <laughs> but but uh, obviously a a twelve hour cooking class, you get to learn everything you know top to bottom, ins and outs, and then hopefully it'll improve your product and uh, come check it out. 